Hello and welcome to the From Montana to Portugal podcast. Today in this episode, I'm going to be reading from my latest newsletter on Substack. My name is Janelle Holden. You can find me on Substack at janelleholden.substack.com. I'm totally in love with the platform. Go check it out. It is super fun. Get the app. It's so much better than traditional social media. So I wanted to share with you real quick to catch you up a little bit. Uh, if in case you have not heard any of these podcasts before, I live in Montana with my husband, my dog, and my cat, and we are planning a move to Portugal in 2023 and taking a lot of steps to get there. So this newsletter will catch you up on the progress of that move and also some other thoughts that I've had and some other recommendations that I'm making this week from things that I'm noticing and thinking about. So without further ado, I'm just going to jump in and start reading. And I would love to have you come over and become a free subscriber, as well as there are some paid options. I do some private podcasts and some private videos and private Portugal language lessons with our teacher in Lisbon. So come on over and see what's going on over on Substack. Dear reader, I feel like I have so much to update you on since I got back from Montreal. Let's catch up. What is happening with Portugal? Everyone is asking me this question. It's an interesting question because they're not saying what's happening with your Portugal move. They're saying, what is happening with Portugal? <laughs> well, I'm sure there's a lot going on in Portugal, but in terms of our move, a few issues back, I shared that we were planning to put our house back on the market in mid-March. Selling our house is our first step to moving to Portugal from Montana. We definitely need to do that before we leave. Well, it's mid-March, past it really, and there is still a foot of snow on the ground, and my accountant is tapping her foot, waiting for me to answer her detailed questions, numbered 1 through 24, to finish my taxes. Seriously, I need to get my business and personal taxes completed this week, and currently my office floor is full of small piles of paper. Not exactly conducive to house viewings. Getting my paperwork in order sparked another round of scanning and shredding, which I started last year after I found that I had been saving every receipt since 1997. <laughs> I don't want to move to Portugal with receipts from 1997 and tons of paper, and I don't want to store a lot of paperwork or pay to store it. So I'm taking what I absolutely need in physical form, the most important paperwork, which I will share with you later what that is, I'm scanning the rest and storing that in the cloud for easy access as well. And some things I will leave, honestly, in my parents' basement. Putting the house on the market. So I talked to the realtor who is selling our neighbor's house to see if I could get some insights into the market and potentially offload the selling process to someone else besides me. I'm quite tempted, but my neighbor's house has been on the market since before Christmas and I haven't seen anyone take a look. Our last experience with a realtor wasn't the greatest, so we are planning to sell our house for sale by owner, which we have done before with our previous home. So it's not exactly new to me. I ran that process before, but still doing the marketing takes time and I am pretty well slammed being self-employed freelancer doing contract work. Anyway, one way or the other, the house will be for sale again by April 15th and my taxes will be filed as well too. And one of the reasons why, this is just an aside and not in my newsletter, 
but one of the reasons why April 15th is important as well is because it'll be 90 days then since our house went off of the MLS, which means that maybe we'll get a clean slate and get to start back at zero from being back on the market and get some fresh interest and fresh eyes on the house. As of right now, my understanding is Montana is still a seller's market. There's still quite a bit of interest. However, we're in a rural area and not in the most popular areas in Montana. So it's going to be a particular person who's going to love this place and this house. And I really want whoever buys it to totally love it and for us to be really happy for them. So the other question I'm getting all the time now is when will you actually get to Portugal? So let's play a little hypothetical game. And if you are planning your own move to Portugal, maybe this will help you as well. If we sign a buy-sell agreement with a new person who's going to purchase our house, let's say by the end of April, we will likely close on the sale of our house towards the end of May. It usually takes about, on average, 30 days for a closing. We'd have our consulate appointment in San Francisco to get our D7 visas in June. Now, when we sign the buy-sell agreement is actually when I'm going to book those consulate appointments. What The mistake that I made last fall was booking them really before I knew that we were going to sell for sure. And then I realized you can only move it twice, that appointment. So now I'm going to have to pay for the appointment another time. So that's how that's going. Um, anyway, if we do that, we go in June, we'll hopefully have our long-term visas approved and in hand by late August, which would get us to Portugal sometime in September. Okay, so I'll repeat that. We would probably have our visas because it takes a couple of months after the appointment, 60 days or so, to get the visas. Um, and that puts us in Portugal this fall. That's the miracle timeline, though. Cross your fingers and toes for me. I... I'm determined not to spend another winter here. So please, God, universal forces help this all work out. Okay, speaking of accountants, I met with my new Portuguese accountant this week. I've never been this excited to meet with an accountant, let me tell you. It took me six weeks to get an appointment with him, but it was worth the wait. My American accountant did ask me to find an accountant in Portugal because we needed to decide whether to change the tax status of my LLC to an S-corp this year. I'll pause while you yawn. I know it's boring, but let me tell you from personal experience, it's not boring when you get your tax bill and it's shockingly huge if you're self-employed as an LLC and you're not paying yourself a salary. Let me just tell you from personal experience. <laughs> Fortunately, I had heard rave reviews about Bruno Afonso and the Americans in PT Facebook group. So I reached out to him via messenger and made the appointment. He and his business partner have an accounting business that specializes in expat taxes called taxes in Portugal. I have a link in my article that you can go and find that. Bruno and Anne can help you get your NIF, the Portuguese equivalent of a social security number, set up your bank account, set up utilities when you arrive in Portugal and register your business in Portugal if you're self-employed. And here's what he told me about my situation or our situation. I'm going to need to set up a new business entity in Portugal when I get there and shut down the one that I have here in Montana. Gulp. And Doug will need to be involved because I can't be a solo business owner there to be eligible for the flat tax structure. Again, you yawn. I know. Still very important things. 
So I'm not changing my LL structure here in the US because that LLC will close after we move and restart over there, which is apparently consistent with other expats I've known who've moved to Europe or are moving there. They too have had to start businesses that are based there and set up a business there. So Bruno did say my salary from Portuguese business will be subject to a flat 20% tax for the first 10 years that we are there, and then an additional 11% for Portuguese social security on top of that. I'm not that worried about that at the moment. I'm just more worried about getting there. So it's complicated and I'm grateful for accountants and bookkeepers. And I've been self-employed since 2011. I've never regretted for paying their, for their services. They've always been really helpful. On learning a new language. Thus far, I'm really enjoying learning Portuguese. Doug and I practice together daily. We each have different learning methods. He writes long lists of Portuguese words in pencil and then checks them with another list of words he's written out in English on another uh, piece of paper. I mostly use the notes that Miguel, our friend and Portuguese language instructor, gave us along with the Memorize app. I'm learning mostly orally and I'm okay with that for now. It's a beautiful musical language, and I really can't wait to speak it fluently. I'm, I'm truly enjoying that. Speaking of languages, I want to recommend a podcast that made me think about languages and how important they are all this week. It's called Ideas. It's sponsored by CBC Radio, and it's a deep dive into contemporary thought and intellectual history. No topics off limits in the age of clickbait and superficial headlines. It's for people who like to think. Ah, I love that description. I got hooked listening to recordings of their CBC Massey lectures with Canadian playwright and author Thompson Highway. The first one is called On Language, and it explores why language is so important to us. Thompson Highway is Cree, and when the interviewer asked him if he becomes a different person when he speaks English, Cree, or French, he said yes. English is the language of the intellect, he said. French is a sensual, whole-body language. And Cree is the language of laughter. You can't speak it without laughing. I love that. A couple of other recommendations that I want to pass on to you. If you're longing for good independent radio, Calgary's independent CKU radio has an excellent program on pretty much at all times. I totally enjoy it, even while doing my taxes. I'm a little obsessed with English television from abroad. Lately, we've been watching two shows, The Clinic, Ireland's Answer to ER, and The Broken Wood Mysteries out of New Zealand. I love its subtitle. Small towns can be murder. Now, we don't have a gym within 45 miles, so I've been working out from home for what seems like forever and not doing the best job of it. A friend suggested a new app called Future that pairs you with a personal trainer, and I signed up a few weeks ago. I love it. I'm much stronger already. My trainer is great. I FaceTime with him. He gives me great workouts. I'll never go back to YouTube videos that hurt me. All right. Well, that's all, folks. Thanks for reading. I'll be back in your inboxes again soon and on this podcast soon. Happy spring. Please come on over to Substack. You can comment if you want to ask me any questions, and I'm looking forward to getting to know you. Have a great, great day.